Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hello and welcome to stress test number, I think, six um, uh, on on Soho Radio. Uh, special guest this month is Rachel Allen. Hello, Rachel. Hi. Describe where you are. Um, I'm currently in my friend's flat in London because I'm cat sitting for her cat, which... Uh, might scratch at the door sometimes, so I have to go and let her in and out. <laughs> what's what's the cat called? She's called Mira, and she's really sweet and fluffy and quite shy, but she's she's coming around to me. Great. And um, we also have Martha Sprackland. Hi, Martha. Hello. Where are you? I am, um, as usual, perched at my desk in Stoke Newington. Um, watching people argue on the street outside. It's a very argumentative road. There's always fisticuffs going on outside the Sainsbury's. In the in the distanced queue, as people look resentfully at each other. It is, yes. It's the fault of the distanced queue, in fact, um, which, according to some people who live in the in the flats above, uh, the, the socially distanced queue serves to block their front door, so there's a lot of argy-bargy that argy bargy leads to fisticuffs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and other uh, good words. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. Well, I am in my son's bedroom because he's going to come home in a minute and I have to hide from him. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Hopefully you won't find me here. Um, so, yeah, we're very, very happy to have Rachel Allen with us as a guest. She is the author of an amazing book of poems called Kingdom Land, which came out last year and is just spectacular. And she also is the editor of Poetry at Granta, uh, has just started publishing uh, a new list there. In fact, our guest last month, Will Harris, is published by Granta. She is also the co-founder of Poetry Press Clinic and of the online journal, online journal Tender, and currently you're living in Manchester, right, Rach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in Manchester, which I love. What are you doing there? Well, I was, so from November, I was a Burgess Fellow, like a writing fellow attached to the university. Um, and it was really amazing. And then obviously coronavirus came and sort of scuppered my social life a little mm. bit. So, um, but luckily I have a cat up there, so we hang out. <laughs> and, and, and what are you working on? I am writing my next book of poems quite slowly and I've always kind of 
been trying to write a, a novel in various like sort of types trying to write horror short stories I'm also writing some essays so I'm just like writing quite like loosely without much intention at the moment which feels quite nice mm. I feel like that sort I can of happens after a book and then you just sort of roam around a bit before you find your next seat yes I can I, I was reading Kingdomland again today and yesterday and I think horror I could very easily imagine you sliding into horror fiction I a lot of like that's really encouraging because I love horror films and horror novels so much and there's something about the formula and like the writers I love who experiment with the formula that like I love I love a lot but trying to emulate it feels really hard like it just feels like I'm just like wearing somebody else's suit or something when it comes to genre because there is there is so much formula that you have to follow but it does feel like fake mm. sometimes but I don't know if that's just because I haven't found the right story that I want to tell. I suppose it's a bit like writing in form in poems isn't it like mm. there's this quite regular little box um, that forms that structure and that that pattern and then you've yeah, got to totally, mess totally with it. Right. Yeah, the idea of genre, it feels like there are certain, like, territory, like it's a territory and there are certain areas of that territory you have to hit for it to be, like, considered part of that genre. And then my favourite horror writers mm. are people who, like, kink those pathways through the territory. But you have to know those pathways so well to be able to, like, mess with it. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's also, like, I love I love horror films and horror novels so much, maybe I actually just can't because they're such a source of enjoyment for me. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Sounds really interesting. I think it seems it's, it seems like one of those genres that really does require like that level of intimacy because it's been, I guess it's it's it, especially in horror films. I don't know that much about horror fiction. Like I confess, but you know, it's so much about playing on the existing tropes, and everyone who goes, everyone who is into horror films is like au fait with every cliche in the book so you feel like you have to kind of step around that oh yeah totally like somebody who's quite good to listen to at the moment on horror films is Ari Aster who did Midsommar and Hereditary mm. because he did those films when he's was so young you know like he's just in his early 30s now I think but he just knows he's like a fanatic about all film but he also just like loves horror and like the wider idea of like horror and um like what is scary or sinister in films and listening to him talk about the genre and like the history of horror films and just film in general you're like okay you you like live in this you know mm -hmm. so it, that's why Midsommar was so amazing because it like it knew the tropes well enough to like turn them on their head but still inhabit them right I don't know if you guys have seen it I loved it, yeah. No, yeah, it scared me shitless. I was so scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so aesthetically, like, and I think that's another thing with horror films. Like, if you enjoy, like, you, you enjoy a certain kind of aesthetic and he, like, really, I don't know, he, I think he played to a lot of, like, hardcore horror fans, but also it was, like, aesthetically pleasing enough for a wider audience. And, and what do you like about the experience of, because I, I was surprised that I, it was verging on, I wasn't sure that I enjoyed it at, at the end of it. I was genuinely so scared. Like, what, what is the, What do you get out of watching or reading something like that? I think I I was trying to like figure this out the other day, and I think I have sort of spoken about this before. But when I think about poetry 
and the reasons that I love poetry so much, um, you know, and there's sort of, I'll be like unavoidably quite basic here. I feel like poetry is really close to the idea of like truth and thinking. And it's like the most like organic utterance because it's so bound up in how we speak to each other and how we communicate. And, you know, in an ancient way, it's like how people would speak to each other through like a memorized structure. So it feels really close to like an idea of just like a truthful communicative device. That's what poetry feels like to me. And horror thematically is like the closest thing to truth because really horrifying things just happen all the time. So when I watch a horror film, I'm like, oh, I felt like I feel like I'm just looking at a really truthful device here. Um, That's so interesting, that- though, isn't it? Because it's so I often think- a monster or a, an invention, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, um, a very carefully imagined uh, situation that, that doesn't, well, that we assume doesn't happen in the real world. Yeah, and that, well, that's the metaphoric power of a horror film. It's like, especially, you know, and it's general, but like horror films encompass so many different kinds of films. But like, one thing is like a metaphor for something very real. And that's, you know, that's just so interesting, you know, when it's done well and cleverly. You know, like Midsommar was like, this cult was like a metaphor for a kind of really toxic, abusive relationship. Mm. Um, and it was just so cleverly managed. And it's just pleasing. Also, I just like kind of like crappy B movie aesthetics as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing. The thing is that the one in the snow? No. Mm, it's where like a massive blob comes. <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of creeps over everything. Yeah. Like a big bean bag. Bean bag of beans. <laughs> that does sound scary. Mm. Um, Great. Well, we're very happy to have you with us, Rachel. So um, we're going to start writing some poems now. Um, Martha, should we start with your music? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, So uh, I've chosen like a handful of songs that I've been listening to recently, um, mostly re-listening rather than uh, new discoveries this time around because... um, it's it's sort of high summer and I always feel super nostalgic in high summer. Um, and usually this time of year, I'd either be at a festival um, or in Madrid. So I'm feeling a bit sulky about that. Um, so the last song of my selection is Let's Do It Again by uh, Madrid-based rock and roll band The Parrots from their album Los Niños Sin Miedo. Um, and before that, I've chosen Lady and Man by Krang Bin. Something You've Got by Alton Ellis and the Flames, Uh, I Feel an Urge by Syl Johnson, Um, and then my first track is one of my favourite songs of all time in the world ever, full stop, bang, that is Hey by the Pixies. Um, So uh, we usually pull titles out of these, don't we, out of of either lyrics or or the song titles themselves, so um, I could suggest... uh, just let's do it again yeah. or um, meet me down at the same old place which is a lyric um, um, been trying to meet you with? huh is that what we begin with so we yeah we usually pull out a title from the lyrics or from the from the titles of the songs themselves and then we all write to that same title cool um, 
and we sort of dis- discuss it beforehand and see what fits. One I thought might work was um, says uh, I feel it's it's I feel an urge coming on, but I thought we could take out an urge and leave that as a blank space, which I think we might have done before. So I feel hmm. insert your own thing here, whatever. I feel blank coming on. Coming on. That's really um, really fun. Which yeah, might be quite interesting. I like that idea. It gives us a bit more freedom, doesn't it? Okay, okay, that sounds great. great. Let's, let's go with that. So it's uh, for anyone writing at home, it is I feel blank coming on. Um, and you, if you do write a poem along with us, please tweet us it at Stress Test Soho on Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And we sometimes read out poems that people write. Um, so, yeah, we're going to listen to Martha's songs now. It's going to be 15 minutes of music. And we're all going to write poems and then come back and read them. So, see you in 15 minutes. Bye. Hey! Been trying to meet you. Welcome back to Stress Test. Uh, so that was our first poem. How did it go, Rachel? I yeah, I kind of, I love that. That's such a this is such a cool thing to do. I mean, it's probably not going to be a very good poem, <laughs> but I really like doing it. Although I kind of wrote about a band that I realised I also should have included in my music section. So, oh yeah, yeah. It was quite. Um, I ended up writing about music as well. Weirdly, I guess maybe not weirdly. Martha, yeah. did you write about music? No, I didn't. Um, I, I don't know what I've written about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not music. It's something, something else. And, and is, is this anywhere near to your, what your normal process would be, Rachel? How does this compare to how you'd normally write a poem? Do you know what? I think it kind of is. Like, because I do listen to music when I write poetry. So I did feel myself sort of slipping into that space of just like having like good noise in the background that might impact mm. what, what I'm writing so yeah it does feel quite close to it so thank you for giving me this writing space I know it's weirdly I mean obviously we're thinking only of our listeners but um it's a really amazing um thing to be able to get together each month and write poems in this way feels, feels so really, nice yeah yeah it's been so valuable I feel like it's not it's not as stressful as we promise at the moment we need to introduce <laughs> some Stressful layers. Stress test. Hmm? Stressless test. Anti-stress test. Yeah, Anti-stress anti- test. For these stressful times. Mm-hmm. I feel like it has been stressful. Maybe, maybe today's feeling quite quite chilled. Maybe we need to... Stress it up a bit. Stress it up a bit. Introduce some kind of like... Can we get some drones? Maybe we can get a little drone <laughs> outside each of our windows. Are you yelling. Kind of a drone outside your window? Oh, no. you know what? I do have to complain <laughs> about something outside my window now. This has been the most, speaking of stress, this has been the most stressful thing of the last week or so. And this has come into my poem. There's a camera, a CCTV camera outside my window. 
I'm looking at right now that isn't allowed to look in, obviously. It's like two metres away at the exact level of my living room. And last week I was sitting on my sofa reading and it turned around and looked at me straight on for about 10 seconds. I've lived here since September and that's never happened. That's creepy. And um, yeah, I absolutely fell out of my skin. So um, my boyfriend complained to the council who said it wasn't their camera, it belonged to TFL. And I'm not sure, but I think TFL are going to deny all knowledge of this as well. This is like an unknown person's camera. That's horrible. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, been, it's been really um, preying on my mind, stressing me out. It's invasive. It's like the, the beginning of a good, a, a good or perhaps derivative horror story. I reckon. Probably derivative, yeah. yeah you're in good it. and derivative. <laughs> <laughs> Um, great, well let's hear some poems. Martha, why don't you start since it was your music? Okay, sure. Um, you will recognise the CCTV camera in here. I think I should move to a different room if I want to not write about it. <laughs> um, the title isn't particularly good. I feel summer coming on. Or I feel a season coming on, maybe. The tin ladder bright as a suture against brickwork black with inhalable 2.5 from the A10. Cassandra climbs in shortest shorts, joint in hand, onto the roof of her bedroom with her clan of blondes, pennant in the little wind whooshing upward from the bus lane. What's more dangerous, a volcanic postcode or a foot up against a chimney pot in the eye line of my living room window? the blaring eyeball of the grey box traffic cam, the iPhone reeling her onto its spool and sending her back into her room, into the rooms of all her classmates out of school. I feel summer lifting from the road, feel summer coming on at speed. The camera flashes and swings. Clouds of smoke are streaming from her head. Amazing. So good. Mm. Cheers, guys. Yeah, there's so much in that. I loved it. I don't think it, really, it doesn't go with the title, but, you know, it's, well, it's a jumping I, off point, I, isn't it? I, I really liked it. I feel a season coming on. I think that's really... Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah, it's better than summer, isn't it? It's really good, yeah. <laughs> summer streaming in my head is so cool. Mm. Mm. And the ladder tight as a suture seems like an amazing... Mm. Like, you... Maybe it's because you're writing poems in that room a lot, but I feel like you've um, got a good line in claustrophobic um, kind of malevolent city poems. It has become a trend, hasn't it? I'll try. I'll try writing in a ne in a different room next time. <laughs> See if it follows me around. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's great. I like the mention of the the P two point fives as well. I'm big into them. Yeah, I'm glad. I knew that would. I knew that would appeal to you. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Uh, Rachel, do you want to go next, or shall I go? No, Rachel, you you go. I'm sure, I can read mine. Mine's called "I Feel a Yawn Coming On," <laughs> and is about the Swedish sort of like doom metal band Ghost. I feel a yawn coming on, but I am at the club. Or I'm at the side of the rock show in Nürburgring, watching the Swedish progressive rock band Ghost perform on the second largest stage. 
Ghost the Band are headed up by lead singer Tobias Forge, whose moniker in the band is Papa Emer- Emeritus the Fourth, and the rest of the band are called his nameless fools. The sincerity of the band is always in question because of their cartoonish devotion to satanic aesthetics and their costumes. Papa Emeritus wears a gothic take on priestly robes, and their music is banned in chain stores in America, but they did play on Stephen Colbert, who could then be a Satanist. Where else do I feel a yawn coming on? Sometimes I feel a yawn coming on during a third date with someone I don't fancy who always buys the cocktails. I've met him online and thought it would be worth giving it a go, but he is decidedly not interested in talking to me about the Swedish progressive metal band Ghost and the many derivatives of the lead singer Tobias Forge's monikers. Perhaps he, like Stephen Colbert, is a Satanist, but is wanting to trick me into thinking he isn't by proclaiming his disinterest in clearly satanic bands, when in fact, that would impress me far more than just paying for the drinks. Has anyone ever found their Satanist true love through online dating? Is a question I pose through a yawn. <laughs> it's amazing, Rachel. <laughs> I love the fans so much, and now I'm so gutted that I forgot to put them forward. <laughs> I'm I'm really devastated that that you haven't found your Satanist to talk to. My Satanist true love. Your Satanist true love online. <laughs> if you can't find your Satanist true love online. Well that's true actually. Do. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, is there a kind of is it gonna be part of your profile to try and your dating profile, I mean, to to you know, make sure you're only getting Satanists, because I feel like would no, like to got... meet Satanists. Right. I used to online date, but I don't anymore. But I there was a lack of like, it's quite vanilla, or at least my experience was. I dated a lutenist once, a guy who played the lute. <laughs> Less threatening though, isn't it, you think? <laughs> Again, maybe that was his ruse, you know, like, oh, I played the lute, but I'm actually like devil worshipper. Yeah, it's like... like your problem might be trying to find Satanists on like mainstream dating sites. It might be more interesting and more fruitful to go to Satanist dating sites and look for the most normal people on there. They definitely exist. To approach it from the other angle. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the line about um, the the band's uh, uh, sincerity is always in doubt. Oh yeah, um, that's true. Everyone's like, are they for real or not? And it's like, obviously they're not for real. Like. They, he, you, you just have to do your own research on Ghost, but they're absolutely amazing. If you can Google them right now, listeners and you guys, I think you'll see why I like them so much. Um, yeah, I, but, but you, you kind of, um, I know this is, this is the poem, but like, what I really liked is that there's a sense that the yawn coming on could be because of the kind of tiresome performance of their ghoulishness. Oh, totally. Um, but at the same time, there's a real pleasure and enjoyment of exploring that silly, um, uh, I guess, disjuncture. Yeah. I mean, I love them, but one time I did actually see them and did a big yawn, so that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> a betrayal. Even though I love them, I was just tired. <laughs> the autobiography beneath the poem. um great well that was really really fun thank you very much um i'm gonna read mine yes please it's called i feel blank coming on well except just an underline i feel coming on 
I feel a feeling coming on, which in my family is a pretty big deal. Did you have one? my sister asks, when she notices me drinking way too much water in one go. No, no, just thirsty, I reassure her. We share a therapist. We have to make sure that we see her on separate days, because otherwise it would be weird. We made an agreement one night at a cousin's wedding. We agreed that we would both refuse to ever let the therapist get her silky little claws into our childhood. It was totally happy, we yelled, then took each other's arms and danced around the room to en vogue. We are both awful singers, something we got from our parents, tuneless people, rightly ashamed of our voices. But we called up to the marquee, don't let go, watching the fabric ripple and whip in the wind. But seriously, I would like to measure the happiness of those who have dealt with all their feelings compared to those who have swallowed them. It was raining outside, summer rain, coming in sideways to the tent, making all the cheeses wet. Then we saw it, our parents dancing, staring into each other's eyes, their heads thrown back and singing. Oh my god, I love mm. it. That's amazing. Tuneless people. Hmm? Sorry, what was that? I like the tuneless, the tuneless, <laughs> tuneless people. Yes, that is also autobiography. <laughs> I'm particularly amused by the idea that it's fine to share a therapist with your family member as long as you just go on different days. <laughs> like, it's fine then. Like I used to have a, I used to go to the same physiotherapist as my mum, and I found that weird enough. The idea of sharing a therapist. Um, really yeah, that's that's not true. So that maybe would be very very weird. Do you think a therapist would actually not allow that? I think a therapist should not allow that. Yeah, I wonder if that would be seen as bad bad practice I don't yeah. think I don't think two people in a couple are allowed to go to the same therapist unless they go together are they because otherwise right. you're just using a therapist as a toy in your terrible games and they don't like that yes exactly well any therapist I'm, listening I'm please the Sopranos right now and it's the bit where the therapist knows that the two of her patients are sleeping together kind of reminds me of that Right. Yeah, maybe it only happens in TV and poems. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, great. Well, that was really fun. Let's um, move on. I think we'll do my music now, and then we'll do Rachel's to headline. Um, so where's my songs? Um, so I've got four songs. The first one is Talking Heads. What was it called? Um I can't remember, but anyway, I, I, I've harvested titles from them. Um, for the Talking Heads song was basically just all amazing titles for things. Um, so I've got a few titles from the lyrics of that. Take a Look at These Hands is one title. The Hand Speaks is another title. I'm a Government Man is another title. Uh, well, I'm a Tumblr is another title. So they're all from that Talking Heads song, which comes first. And then... I was looking at the, there's another song in my selection by Sister Nancy, Bam Bam. Um, and I was reading her Wikipedia page. And there was a line that really appealed to me. Um, it's about her leaving 
escaping her conservative uh, religious family in Jamaica. The family norms did not appeal to her and she ran away. <laughs> the family norms did not appeal to her, maybe could be a title. And then finally, um, from the Jefferson Airplane song, uh, which is the one about Alice and uh, the Looking Glass and all that, the album that came from was Surrealistic Pillow. So um, there's loads of titles there, but yeah, maybe the best ones are Take a Look at These Hands, The Hand Speaks, The Family Norms Did Not Appeal to Her, and Surrealistic Pillow. Uh, do you have any preferences? Rach, what about you? I was just, what was the government man one? Was I'm a, is it I'm a I, government man? I'm a government man. I quite like that one. Great. Yeah. I could run with that. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good to me. I'm up for it. Mm. Okay, great. Well, we'll have another 15 minutes of music. The title of the poem, if you're writing it at home, is I'm a government man. Uh, please do send anything you've written to us on Twitter at Stress Test Soho. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, see you in 15 minutes. Welcome back to Stress Test. Um, so that was us writing our second poem and maybe you writing yours as well. Uh, Rachel, how was it? I... Yeah, I love it. I'm really, really enjoying this. And I feel like I'm responding quite well. Like my, my mind is responding quite well to this. But I'm just really having fun with it. <laughs> That's great. I'm, yeah. It's really fun, isn't it? I, I feel mm -hmm. like it's, uh, it's good for one's mental health, even and regardless of how well or badly the poems go. It feels like it's really... Is this how you guys write? Sort of increasingly, actually. I mean, when did we start doing this, Joe? I think the, our, first, our pilot episode was was at the end of last year. Right. Um, and since then, I've been much more likely to sort of, uh, you know, sit down for a, a constrained period of time and, and write based on a line taken from a book or taken from a magazine or something like that. And Rachel, you, you mentioned what, something about the Pomodoro Technique. Yeah, kind of like that. You know, that's that technique. I I don't do it, but like you work for a period of time, and then you have like a five minute break, and then you work again for a period of time, mm. like that, but mixed with music. Well, the music yeah. is the thing that defines it. You know, someone's just bought me a little tomato shaped timer for that exact reason. Mm. So, um, oh, that kind of that. is that what you need to do the pomodoro? You need that, a tomato. Yeah, that's what. That's what he. That's what how it originated right I kind of don't really know that much mm. about it no I don't know I think it's sort of 20 minute sessions and then an enforced break uh every so often right the idea you, of have, being it, you that... have to have a timer so that you don't if you don't look at your phone you know it's it's something without any other distractions all it does is make a noise yeah I always wonder about writing these poems that I don't feel quite the same doing it on my own like I I, I can't do it on my own but invariably I just run through the timer or I just am too kind of relaxed. I, I, I think it's hard to replicate the pressure, the necessary pressure for me, unless I feel like other people are doing it alongside me. Because mm. I end up just cheating and writing for hours and yeah, it's different. That's good though. Yeah, except it, there's something about like having to escape 
in 15 minutes, like to get out of the trap of the poem in time mm. is um, what can often make it special as opposed to just be like, oh, well, I'll fix it later. And I'll just like blab on about whatever thing. Well, I find the beginning, like getting into the poem is the hard thing with this. Right. I'm like, oh, I've got this like massive funnel. Like I could start anywhere. And it's like, how do I get to the closed up end? Like escape mm. is okay for me, but it's like beginning. What did you th- what did you th- think about this title? Did you find it? This one was kind of harder. I realized as we were writing it because it's more like I feel like it gives itself more to like a concept or something. And then I was like, oh shit, don't just write like a concepty poem. Mm. Um, but that's you know I guess that's something you learn as you like. Uh, you guys must know like what titles are conducive to poems. I always we've think... probably got better at it, haven't we? But, but I, I also find that sometimes when a poem is the least conducive seeming or it feels like it really like walls you in and, and gives you not that many choices that sometimes, not always, that, that you can find good stuff just because you're like, well, I don't want to write that poem that the title wants me to write. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. You're resisting it. Right. Um, cool. Well, let's hear some poems. I guess it was my music, so I will read first. I'm a government man. If I tell you I once played petanque against a team that contained the Conservative Minister of State for Research and Innovation, and it was so hot that day that we dashed between pools of shade like rats between bins, and since his team were winning, we tried to leverage the advantage of knowing that he was a government man, a bureaucrat, Psychologically, what weakness could we exploit? And we tried hating him at first, hating him with our eyes, but our gaze just slid right off him and came to rest on the hubcaps. Just waiting for that uh, uh, siren. And came to rest on the hubcaps of vintage cars. Then we tried complimenting his accuracy, bringing him into our confidence, telling him how well he was winning, but our voices sounded shrill and unconvincing under the low trees. And then we tried just focusing on ourselves, just playing really well and encouraging one another, my teammates and I. But we lost, and he shook our hands. It was in the days of shaking hands. He thanked us and moved on to the next game in the competition, standing in a pool of shade, and I knew in an instant that he would never think about us again. I love it. So good, Joe. I'm sorry, I think the siren was at my end. That's fine. It's your special power that you've got the road where all things happen. I do. It's an authentic flavour. Yeah. Did it really happen? Um, it did, it did, it did really happen. Um, yeah, it was very weird. I think he may be the, I'm not sure, have I met any other politicians? Might be the only time I've met a politician, um, in real life. It's quite strange. Did you find him, did you, I mean, perhaps you don't want to say, we can be discreet, did you find him sort of quite objectionable or... he he was actually very hard to read, which mm. which is maybe was interesting. Yeah. I didn't find I didn't find him objectionable. I didn't find him almost anything. He was I just I guess you you just I felt like I was projecting so much onto him 
about what I expected him to be and wanted mm-hmm. him to be and all that stuff of I wanted to hate him or like him or whatever it was. And he just was quite blank. Um, I mean, I, I didn't get to know him. I, it was like 10 minutes, but I had so much baggage that I was kind of bringing to the meeting. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Great. Mm, love it. Cool. Um, then let's have Martha. Uh, okay. It's quite short. I'm a government man. A little wheel, a little shoot, a yellow lever, the woman explains, and is let off with a little ticket. I'm responsible for all this, snaps a small dog straining in the bushes, his jacket hanging neatly from a twig. The documents are blowing from the open window of the pond, pink papers, white papers, green ones, and fluttering away to their havens. In early evening, almost all of the streetlights loosen their ties. This misery is without recourse. What is the status of my complaint, I plead, opening doors, taking my clean laundry by the shoulders and shaking it. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Mm. I love the beginning. I love how oblique the beginning was. <laughs> bleak or oblique? Oblique. Oblique. And bleak. Bleakly and bleak. <laughs> My <are> next book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is the status of my complaint is amazing. Mm-hmm. That like sheer I like instantly fill with re- bureaucratic rage at that sentence. Yeah, no, I'm realizing again this is just about the camera, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I'm not breaking out of my my rut at all. How can you do anything else though when that is potentially watching you. I know. My world is really narrowed as a result of it. It's so sinister as well, the very slow turning of the of the camera on its... Um, stem. Pivot. Mm, stem. Nice. It's stem. Much worse. Horrible. Horrible. Triffid-like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wonderful. Rachel? Yeah. Mine's kind of like a... Do you remember that Simpsons episode where Lisa has a Petri dish and like a whole land comes about in the Petri dish? Yes. Mine's like just a poem version of that, basically. Great. I'm a government man. I'm the government man of a small Petri dish of souls. And as their government man, I am responsible for all their possible futures. I am not modern, but with my souls, I try to be progressive. I have to be considerate of the changes I make to the dish for any small alteration to their food, sound level, or to the small and entirely self-contained climate system that surrounds the dish will result in always unprecedented changes. Once I accidentally moved the dish to above the radiator, which I'd left on overnight to dry some pants that were smelling in a resistant way of damp, we lost a good heavy number of souls that night, and the remaining ones were angry. They threw their little belongings at the plastic walls of the dish. I love my Petri dish, but the responsibility feels too much. And when I get bored or contemptuous of their existence, sometimes I just stick my finger in there and give it a waggle to see what (laughs) (laughs) Also, 
and me and my friends were talking about like all the all the mugs that we've left in university offices and like what might be growing within them <laughs> during Corona. Yeah, whole colonies. Mm-hmm. I was it like, kind of oh, makes yeah. me think of the joy of um, like being horrible to your Sims. Yes, we all just want to be God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And like when really you pick up when you pick up the Pegman on Google Maps and just swing him around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just God, wherever you can take it, you know. <laughs> I love that line. Um, they threw their little belongings at the plastic walls. Like the f- amazing futility of their anger. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Poor government man. Yeah, that's really really great. Thank you so much. Um, wonderful. Well, oh, hello. Sorry, I okay. thought I'd lost you there. Can Have you hear me? You? Yeah, can My hear computer. you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Nothing happened. Did you knock your computer? Uh, you swept your computer off your desk. It just went went dark. Everything went dark. Um, right, so we have one more set of songs and one more poem to write. And these are songs chosen by Rachel. So Rachel, could you talk us through your song choices um, and any titles that you have you could suggest to us either from the titles of the songs or from lyrics or from anything else to do with the songs yeah I'm worried that maybe they're too long so if you need to like cut any out because I don't know if it's longer than 15 minutes oh, I, I think, think I'd have John like, might have taken the first four yeah yeah I think we have trimmed slightly yeah that's good so would it be okay the first four yeah I this I, I'm kind of not very good with music <laughs> <laughs> I tend to just listen to the same stuff over and over again and I think the first song is Bonnie Prince Billy Horses mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I just listen to him all the time but basically the selection are just things I've been listening to in lockdown and things that have been like pushing pushing me through and like giving me good vibes um, but in the Bonnie Prince Billy Horses lyrics there's one line that's like um uh, I can smell the campfires burning, which I thought was like quite a cool and like sinister way to begin it. Um, but also mm. maybe just the title "Horses" is quite cool and weird. Like, and mm. a lot of things can come from that. Um, yeah. Also, I think one of the songs is called "Solitary Daughter," which is mm-hmm. like a really nice title if you want something like a bit more serious. And also, I think it's the Galaxy Five Hundred song. And the main lyric of that is, I just want to be your tugboat captain. <laughs> so that's like a good mix. That's great. Uh, what do you think? I, I was quite drawn to a single word title, which we don't often do. So I quite like horses, but yeah, the tugboat oh. captain is kind of irresistible as well. I don't know. Let's do that. Which one? Horses. I think horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. I'm pretty sure we haven't done a single word one before, so that's that's. Fun. I don't think we have. Yeah, let's run with that. Okay, wonderful. Well, we're going to do our final poem and final set of music from Rachel Allen. Um, if you're writing along at home, the title is Horses, uh, and 15 minutes of writing starting now. <laughs>
Welcome back to the final part of Stress Test. Um, we have written a poem. Maybe you have written a poem too. Uh, the title was Horses. Uh, how did you find that? Oh, by the way, that music was amazing, Rachel. Really. Oh, it's uh, great. Soothing and fantastic. Around. Yeah, love. I, do, I think I love singers. Like when I'm after that, I'm like, oh, okay, I love really people who really sing to me. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. It was really almost yeah. It was sometimes tricky to write a poem because it was so um yeah. The sort of voices that really make you want to just lie on yeah, the you floor. You want to listen, don't you? Yeah. Well, it was. It's. I feel like I've written a poem that's maybe truer to my actual poem voice because that's the music I listen to usually. Mm. Right. Maybe. That's interesting. Yeah. And so you would listen to music. As normal. Definitely, yeah. I listen to Bonnie Simpson all the time when I'm writing. Mm. Do you find that you don't get the lyrics interfering with your prose and poetry? No, probably. Mm, I'm not sure, really. I've never written lyric like I've, I've never the lyrics have never gone in, but maybe the right. sort of like atmosphere that the lyrics create of the mm. song comes in. I think that's probably more likely. Yeah. So I steal atmosphere. I'm an atmosphere plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard to prove that. You know, of course, as well. um, oh, brilliant. Well, how was how that for you, Martha? Yeah, that was fun. Um, I think I've managed to break away from the icy glare of the cctv camera and write something completely different which is nice that's a good way to end i feel like uh i feel like the session has been like therapy i've been liberated from the week's stresses by this stress test great yeah i find it fun i feel like i've kind of written three poems that are more or less the same but anyway that's fine (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um great well let's start with Rachel, since it was her music, do you want to go first? Cool, yeah. So this is kind of just about an experience I had with horses. So it's a bit more imagey than my other poems. Horses. Packed up, minimal, pastoral scape. I take joy in true air just on a cycle through something elemental. When there is no cloudburst of difficult thinking. On the route we passed a pack of small animals that you could definitely ride, but might not want to. Wild horses also once packed together like a bunch of horse-tailed grapes, moved past me on a radiated moor. Small gorses, jesting and yellow like a book, and they were all close to me. The end. Mm. I love that. That was amazing. Atmosphere plagiarism. (laughs) Yeah. Big on atmosphere. That was amazing. And you've stolen it. (laughs) Yeah. But the the radiated moor was really atmospheric. Mm. But also, um, was it, what what was the colour of a book? Jesting in yellow like a book. Yeah, I really like that. Mm. The radiated moor is like, sort of a Cornish thing because me and my friend from Cornwall were talking about this yesterday the moor we used to live next to is like got loads of radiation emanating out of it which we always oh why yeah is there something is it is it that they've buried some sort of um 
radiated waste there or is, is there something it's, broadcasting? It's a natural, it's what the rocks naturally give off. Like it's a... No uh, way. Yeah, so they're more present or like towards the surface in Cornwall. So they give out this kind of like radiation. I mean, it's not good. It's like some people have to have like tests in their houses to check that they're uh-huh. going above some kind of radiation level. But it's quite That's an interesting, so interesting. poetic thing that you can throw in. <laughs> 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 plagiarist of atmospheres don't, stones don't, 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 don't demystify it Rachel you... I just did Joe <laughs> um, but also I loved you know in a poem that was all atmosphere it like had that one line uh, about there being no cloudbursts of difficult thinking which I think is that great thing of like in a poem that seems like it's just atmosphere that there is things happening that aren't mentioned so it's almost like the atmosphere mm. is this distraction mm. thank you thanks guys thank you lovely um martha sure horses i remember the first time of course i do you never forget your first horse it belonged to my friend who didn't live on a farm but still nevertheless had a horse. After school, she brought him racing into the car park, kicking him with her heels. And then we all had a turn. One by one, we threw our leg over, steadied ourselves in the saddle for the first time, gently urged him forward. And I must have gone around that car park three or four times, making dust, my friends cheering me on, the wind in my hair. Yes, I'll never forget it, that heat against my legs, the rumbling deep below, his power, his engine, the smell of petrol. Horse. Not horse, excuse me, motorcycle. (laughs) Yes, my friend at school had a motorcycle. She took such care of him. Oh, he shone. Oh, so weird. I love that poem. (laughs) I don't know what happened to that one. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. Surprising. Yeah, I felt like that could have been in Cornwall with the like, is it is it a horse? Is it a sort of like? Is it a bike? Is it a horse? No, it's just Cornwall. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. Cheers. What about Uh, yours, Joe? Um, mine is called horses. Horses. I can never tell... Oh, no. That was the wrong start, sorry. That was my failed beginning. Let me try again. He is scared of the noises horses make, my son. That's just how they talk, I say. They're friendly, though really I have no idea if that's true. I've seen them biting each other's necks, blood clagging the all-white foal's neck. I've seen them stand on their front legs and kick each other big barrels of thigh muscle twitching. Beautiful, aren't they? I tell him. Shall we feed one? He doesn't want to, but but I think that it's important that he doesn't develop a phobia. I brought a cut apple, especially. The brown one comes to the gate and extends her teeth like the alien in Alien. My son hasn't seen that film, won't see it for years. I can smell her breathing, the rims of her nostrils 
speckled and damp. Go ahead, I tell him. She's hungry. Oh my god, Joe, that that's so a good. great ending. That was like a that's poem. Really brilliant. That, beat. that was like a poem, poem. That was like a poem. <laughs> yeah, that was a proper poem. That's amazing. The alien from Alien. They do sort of extrude their teeth in kind of a horrible way, actually, don't they? Wow. Now that you say it, their teeth point forwards. Yeah, it's really weird, I think, the way they... Especially when, the, when they are, like, biting an apple, and they're kind of like... It's like a little clamp or something, like what a bear trap, like a bear trap sort of... Yeah. Anyway. yeah. I love how you understood... You were, like, almost engaging with the fear. You were like, yeah, look at this, it's really scary, but we just have to do it. Like, you made that horse so frightening. You made her hungry. It's, weird, <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand in, it's fine. <laughs> um, great. Well, that was a very, very fun session. I think we did um, well. I think we did really well. We get to um, listen to a, a poem from Rachel's amazing book, Kingdom Land, now, and then we're going to have one more song. And that's going to be it. So, Rachel, do you have a poem you would like? It doesn't actually have to be from your book. You could read a new one if you want. Do you have something you'd like to read us? Maybe. Yes. I will read one from the book. Um, can, can I go get my book? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have it with me. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got it here. I can, no, I can't. That's <laughs> amazing. No, no. <laughs> Haven't got to grips with social distancing yet, have we? <laughs> That's right. I'll just throw it to you in Brixton. Um, you get it. Me and Martha will have a chat. She's gone already. Oh, well, okay. What should we chat about? Um, well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, come back. We don't know how to chat. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear you going, okay, so here we go. What are we going to chat about? <laughs> yeah. That went well. Um, I might read my small poem from my book that is also about horses, just to continue the horse line. Great. Mm. But this one's called Monstrous Horses. I jumped, I lit the noose on fire, a great lemon in place of my heart, a start. I am falling without help down a steep white cliff, saluting magpies in hope. I passed two horses stood end to end, making one monstrous double horse. Off in the distance, I notice with a start a horizon line of suns hammering chalk. The forest beneath them is so green, it is an optical illusion mounted on foam. Thank you. Oof, wonderful. So good. Um, well, what a joy to have Rachel Allen with us today. Um, do buy her collection kingdom land do check out the poets she is publishing who have you got next coming from granta books we have um got daisy lafarge's extraordinary life without air which is being published on november the 5th mm. and then holly pester's first collection of poems comic timing will be out in february and they're both just really extraordinary daisy's is a sort of like ecological um sort of world making uh sort of like just a really expansive um amazing book and holly's is this kind of ludic playful experimental um sort of 
poetry book but in acts like a sort of play structure they're both yeah they're both just like extraordinary great yeah yeah we had holly on i guess maybe our second episode oh amazing she was brilliant amazing second or third yeah yeah. And I've just seen the cover for Daisy's book. It looks beautiful, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. It's we're we're. I'm really lucky to be working with everyone. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I hope if you've been writing at home, you've had fun and maybe written some fun things. Um, and we will see you next month with our guest Rachel Long. And thanks so much for listening and thanks to Rachel Allen. Uh, see you soon. Thank you.